On the show today is Simon Stone. Simon is the director and writer of the new Australian film The Daughter, starring Geoffrey Rush and Sam Neill. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Benjamin May McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host Benjamin and joining me on the show today is writer and director Simon Stone. Now he has done a lot of work in theatre in Australia but has recently forayed into film. Now he is here on the show today to talk about his upcoming film The Daughter which is released in Australian cinemas in a couple of weeks. We discuss everything about the film and uh, talk about how you got a film made in Australia. So sit back, relax and enjoy my chat with Simon Stone. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining me today. Uh, my absolute pleasure. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your film, The Daughter? Um, it's a movie with some amazing actors in it um, about a couple of families that have a buried secret that through the course of the movie threatens to unravel more and more until it eventually does unravel. Uh, and um, two arguably um, disastrous uh, consequences. Mm, I think that's a great summary. Now, uh, you wrote and directed this film. Can you take us through the process of getting this film made from conception to cinemas? Uh, the process of getting it made was first that I wrote a play based on an old 19th century Norwegian play called The Wild Duck. <clears throat> and I wrote a new play set in the modern world for, for Sydney audiences at a theatre called Belvoir. And then, and I kind of wrote it specifically for the actors that I was working with in that production. And that play was kind of like a series of kind of short scenes, which is unusual for the theatre, set in lots of different locations, also unusual for the theatre because usually it's set in one place or a couple of places. Um, and then Jan Chapman, producer of The Piano and Lantana and Nicola O'Donoghue, um, our co-producer, came to me and said, um, hey, do you want to make a movie out of this? And I said, yes, of course, I'd love to do that. Um, and I kind of was under the illusion that it was quite a lot like a film already, the play that I'd written. Um, and then I was quite quickly um, relieved of that uh, illusion um, when I realised that actually movies are not just people talking at each other um, non-stop. I, I'm kidding that I realised that at that point I kind of knew that already. But um, I had to confront the fact that this, a film needs locations and a film needs a world and a film needs a macro narrative to be reflecting the micro narrative. And we kind of went looking for those locations and went looking for that larger social context and went looking for all of the kind of fabrics, layers that needed to, um, to kind of create the... Uh, so that if the camera looked in any direction in any scene, there would be reality there. Uh, and if the script looked in any direction or suddenly had a supporting character or suddenly had some large context going on, uh, that it would feel like it keeps feeding back into the central plot, which was... The central plot was kind of what I had put on stage in my play. And then the film had to be 
almost hiding that central plot uh, in a kind of series of um, quite um, uh, kind of verdant um, extra realities. Mm, so obviously there were a lot of changes between the stage play and the film, but how did you change your directorial approach? Um, I didn't really change my directorial approach um, I mean, I'm just a person that responds instinctively to the situation that's in front of me. And I've directed plays as differently from one project to the next as, as, as I, as like the subject matter requires and the actors that I'm working with require. I mean, I've directed plays in, in Dutch and German, um, where, of course, the job is different because they're speaking Dutch or they're speaking German and the philosophy underlying those languages is completely different. So you change the way you work. And also the kind of working environment is completely different. Um, so I kind of turned up on the, uh, the film set and I kind of went, okay, so what do I have to do as a film director? And what I had to do, what I kind of discovered that I needed to do as a film director was to learn how to make films um, through the process while I'm actually making a film. Um, um, and that was, of course, a huge challenge. A lot of film directors have directed a lot of ads before and, or episodes of TV before they get to their first kind of film uh, set. Having said that, I, I had a lot of experience as an actor on film sets, so I, I, knew, I knew at least how setups work and how um, the it kind of the daily grind of a, a film. Uh, the process of making a film, how that kind of operates. Um, but, you know, to be the person who's ultimately making the final decision and to have to make those decisions and with, you know, like 150 people waiting for that decision to be made every 10 minutes, um, there is kind of a huge pressure to that and you have to find at a certain point a moment where you kind of like bypass your rational mind and stuff and of course you can't start using your instincts as to where the camera should go, uh, where the, cam- the actors should be in relationship to each other and the location, whether or not you actually really do need to get that extra shot, have you got the coverage. You can't develop any instincts for that uh, through any other method than actually doing it. Mm. So of course the first two weeks were kind of flailing uh, attempts to make sure that I wasn't screwing up the first two weeks of material on my way to then develop that instinct. Well, um, you talk about learning on the job, which is fantastic, but you were working with some pretty A-list actors, Jeffrey Rush, Sam Neill, Porsche Snyder. Did that create any additional pressure for you as you were learning all these things? Um, yeah. Yeah, but actually, that was... I mean, no. Actually, to be completely honest, Purely, um, purely kind of, the, the first thought is, of course, there is pressure. You know, these people are used to working with the great of cinema. Um, if you look at the list of directors that the cast of my film has been directed by, they've got some, they can afford to have some pretty high expectations of the level of quality and skill that they're collaborating. Uh, but once you get beyond that, actually, they relieve the pressure. They're a pressure valve. Um, <clears throat> because if 
you know, like if I had been making my first film with a whole heap of um, amateur actors, people who'd never acted before, then nobody would be taking the job of making sure that there's brilliant performances in the film off me. I would also be responsible for that. Um, so, you know, same thing about having an extraordinary cinematographer, Andrew Thomas is amazing. Veronica Genet, the, the editor, extraordinary editor with a lot of experience. They, they're taking a series of responsibilities away from me by going, you just need to tell me what you want to do because I can kind of do anything. I can achieve anything. All of these amazing collaborators were capable of achieving anything. My job then all of a sudden just becomes to focus on the vision, making sure, once again, those decision-making things. It's not kind of like I... I mean, it's not in any way like I have to show any of these people how they do their jobs, which is, you know, sometimes incredibly experienced directors take a huge leap of faith on a group of actors because they know that at least they know that the filmmaking is going to work. This was the inverse, was the huge leap of faith that everyone was taking was that I was going to know how to turn this into a singular vision. And I had the kind of best support network and the best team on my side in pursuit of that. Mm, you certainly did, and it is a fantastic film. And you mentioned the performances, they are extraordinary. How did you attract the A-list actors to this Australian film? Um, I think uh, something that people often don't understand um, when they ask um, that question is that the Australian, Australian um, uh, theatre industry and the Australian film industry is incredibly small. Um, kind of can't have worked in the industry for as long as I have, either as an actor or as a director of the, director and writer for the stage, without having come in contact with these people. It's a small population uh, and a small industry. And so Australian filmmakers are incredibly lucky because they have um, the opportunity of getting co- in contact with some of the best actors in the world. Um, Jeffrey had came to a warehouse in uh, the middle of uh, what was then quite a desolate Footscray in 2008 in Melbourne um, and surprised us all by, being, by coming to see the second show I'd ever made with, the, with an independent company uh, that I'd set up. Um, and he kept coming to see shows that I'd made after that. So he was a kind of a huge supporter of my work in the theatre, so I knew him. Sam had come to see work that I've done subsequently. Miranda had seen a lot of it. Ewan had been in a lot of my work. So there's a kind of like, um, uh, it looks like I've achieved some kind of great coup by writing letters to these people kind of going, hi, um, you don't know who I am can you please be in my first ever movie? But it's not like that. So I kind of have to disappoint the readership or the listenership uh, uh, to, uh, you know, by saying it was kind of using my contacts. But of course, all of those people don't choose to do a film that they don't believe in. And that was the extraordinary gift that gave me, that they believed in it. Um, and that's what made it, um, what made the contribution so high quality is that it's got the strength of uh, extraordinary conviction 
It certainly does. Now, as you mentioned, Australian films are, are fantastic and it's a small community, but uh, Australian films have had a huge impact on the box office in the last year. What do you think is the future of Australian film? I uh, think the future of Australian film, like the history of Australian film, is going to keep being amazing. <laughs> All right, well, uh... I'm, sure that, uh, I'm sure that what you wanted me to say was Australian film getting more and more successful and it's going to be amazingly... And thank God we've got over these years of Australian film not being as successful. But Australian film's never not been successful. It's always been either a critical or a box office success and it's always created some of the best stories that in international film. I think about the film, you know, the kind of... The fact I feel so incredibly privileged that I get to kind of be part of a history of film that includes films like My Brilliant Career, Picnic at Hang Rock, The Last Wave, Breaker Morant, Strictly Ballroom, Muriel's Wedding, uh, Snowtown... Animal Kingdom, Chopper. These are films that are made throughout the last four decades. The last four decades of Australian cinema have been extraordinary. If you look at, if you look at the extraordinary level of artistic product that this country has created in cinema uh, for a population of 21, 22 million, we are hitting so much above our weight and I feel incredibly privileged to be part of that history and um, I think Australians should be incredibly um, proud of the people who are making the, the films in this country and it's a result of the fact that all of those all of those films were made in this country that the crew that I worked with and the actors that I worked with on this movie uh, are so ridiculously overqualified that a, um, a newbie like me can come in kind of with some crazy ideas and they'll lend their expertise to making it actually work. Mm, we are certainly very privileged. Well, thank you for your time today, Simon, and good luck with the release of the film. That was my chat with Simon Stone, and you can go see The Daughter in Australian cinemas in a couple of weeks. I have been very lucky to check out some amazing films. As always, you can read full movie reviews on the website, but here's a quick summary. I was very lucky to see Hail Caesar, thanks to Palace Nova Cinemas. Now, it's one of the funniest films. It's very clever. It doesn't use crude humour, uh, which a lot of comedies can resort to at the moment. So I do think if you're looking for a laugh, Hail Caesar is definitely the film. And I gave that one four and a half stars. Then, of course, I saw Simon's film, The Daughter, which is exceptional. It really does bring out some of the best talent in Australia. And I gave that one four stars. And that's out in a couple of weeks. I also saw Deadpool, which has created the stir all over the world. And I saw that thanks to 20th Century Fox and it is hysterical, it's a lot of fun, and it certainly breaks up the monotony of some of the more intense Oscar films we've been seeing in the past couple of months. I gave that one four stars. And as I said, full reviews are on the website, preacherspodcast.net, under the movie reviews section. As always, I'd like to thank our supporters. Firstly, Mad Zombie Collectibles, Palace Nova Cinemas, and Madman Entertainment. And all their details are up on the supporters section of the website. We'll be back later in March with an interview with the director of A Bigger Splash. I've been your host, Benjamin May McKay. See you then.